Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Long Talk here on New Zealand Sports Radio. I'm Paul uh, and I'll be your host today. And joining me, um, I have a man from the top of the South Island who's going to take us through how his province engages with their fans and supporters. And that man is Les Edwards from Tasman Rugby. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm very well, Paul. Thank you very much. Oh, Level, level three here in Nelson, so looking forward to uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks going to level two and getting back to the office and working with all of my colleagues. So how have you how, how have you found the, uh, the, uh, the 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 lockdown? I was uh, talking with Tony the other day, uh, Tony Lewis, that's the, the the CEO of Tasman, and he was saying how your your two locations you have two locations anyway, and you're used to using Zoom calls. So has been being in lockdown been that much different? Not much different, except for the you know the contact that you have and the ability to look your colleagues in the eye. So, um, yeah, lots of Zoom meetings and regular meetings. We've we've been working very hard and uh, um, yeah, just enjoyed it. I've been uh, had the pleasure of having my my eldest daughter back from uh, university. So uh, nice to have her in the house, although she's itching to get out of it. Um, but yeah, as a family, we've been able to cope very well, and as a business. Uh, pretty much business as usual in the in the sense that there's been a lot of planning going on for what uh, what our world will look like when we uh, get out of uh, level three and into level two and level one. So your world, um, I'm not sure how much you're allowed to allowed to say, but uh, your world looks, from, from what I understand, is going to look like it's going to be uh, club competition to start off with, uh, and then the Minor Ten Cup and Farrah Palmer Cup um, joining in after that. That that's your kind of what you're planning to try and fit in before the end of the year? Oh, absolutely. The first, first and foremost, we'd love to have some community rugby. Uh, we'd love to have club rugby, schools rugby, kids rugby. Uh, if we can get that up and running, that would be superb. And I know our community team are very much uh, looking forward to, to getting into that. In the meantime, of course, we've got the high performance program and we would love it if we could have a, a Mitre 10 Cup preferably with crowds, but if it comes to the fact that we've got to host it without crowds, um, obviously content is important to New Zealand rugby from Sky, and we'd be delighted to be able to provide some of that. 
Cool. Uh, now, one of the things that Tony sort of briefly mentioned uh, that was that you're, you're looking at going to a third venue this year. You're still hoping to go to three venues uh, throughout the Master 10 Cup or, or because of all the changes, have you uh, sort of tied things down and restricted things a little bit? Yeah, good question. Uh, we've always gone to Blenheim, and of course we uh, we host matches at Trafalgar Park and Nelson, so that's always been uh, part of our program, uh, being atop of the South Union. Uh, this year we did want to celebrate uh, Golden Bay Mochuaca's 100th anniversary with a, with a match in Mochuaca. Um, we haven't canned that, uh, but if there are no crowds allowed, uh, we wouldn't go there. Um, because obviously uh, it would just be more, make more sense to have one central location so we don't have to move around a lot uh, in, in, in that environment. If we are able to have crowds, then, uh, you know, at this stage it's not off the table, and I know that there's a huge number of fans in Golden Bay and Mochuega would love to have us over there. Uh, and if it is there for the 100-year anniversary, clearly the whole point is that it's a, it's a festival, it's a celebration, and it's not much of a celebration if no one's there. So, yeah, totally understand why you wouldn't go without without crowds. Um, that's all been a little rabbit hole, because uh, what I normally start off with is asking <laughs> you, your, <laughs> what you uh, what your first rugby memory is. Oh, look, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh... My first memory, 1965. It was a school excursion, 1965. So I was, uh, you know, in my in my young teens, um, and we headed to Fongaray, and I went to watch North Auckland play the Springboks. And in that game, there was a halfback called Sid Going, and his brother <laughs> Ken was at fullback. And the way they played, and the way they really attacked. I uh, just captured my imagination and I basically fell in rugby, uh, you know, at that game. Uh, the the atmosphere was enormous. Sid Going was enormous and he's my favourite player to this day. And uh, I kind of look at uh, the, the Going brothers, you know, Sid, Ken, Brian. They remind me of Marco players, uh, just the way they would attack uh, from anywhere and, and just with a thrill of the game. Uh, they played shark attack rugby. You know, they used to have a triple scissors move down the blind side that, that was quite phenomenal. And it's certainly something that, uh, you know, Marco uh, players would give, a, uh, give it a crack. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. My other memory... Well, actually, uh, just, just, just on, on that one, we, we, I had a chat with um, Cameron Bell uh, a, couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago now, and he was talking about, yes, if we could pull off the triple scissor move. So I mean that, that that's a, <laughs> that's a move that, uh, that that goes down. So Karen Bell, the, uh, for those who don't know, the uh, yes, C- I... CEO of, of Northland. Sorry for the for the for the, for the viewers. Um, yeah, so that's yes. that's one thing he's hoping to to bring back to 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 Northland rugby because uh, yeah, whilst it was called North Auckland back in the day, it's now yeah it has now changed into 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 uh, Northland rugby. Yeah, sorry, your second story. Oh, and we'll be playing Northland uh, this year at home, so uh, it'll be the first to pull it off, eh? The... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other the other memory I have was 1967, so a couple of years later, and um, got up with Dad, and we were listening to a, the test when uh, Colin Meads got sent off, and uh, I remember uh, throwing my toys out of the cot. Actually, I, I said the referee can't do that. Went off with a huff and went back to bed, and then I had second thoughts and came out uh, to, to to listen to the remainder of the game, and, and the old man said, "No," nah. he said. Uh, Back to bed for you, son. You know you got to cop with the, the in sport. You got to cop the 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 good with the bad. So uh, look, it was a lesson that I carry to this day, and it's also stood me in good stead. You know, uh, 
I've uh, experienced uh, a really poor season with the mark on 2011 when we came last. Uh, I've lived with, uh, with the union through three uh, finals in the premiership, which we didn't win, uh, but we never give up. And, uh, you know, that, that's the most critical thing in sport. Back your team, always support them. And uh, in the end, at the end, you know, it'll pay off for you. So that was a cup of Milo in the middle of the night for that game, was it? Yes, it was. And uh, I still believe to this day that poor old Colin Mees is poorly done by, but that's uh, that's another thing. That's another, yeah, it sounds like your dad, yeah, your dad this my, my dad, I once uh, flipped over a, a, a board game and, and uh, was, that was it. I wasn't allowed to play board games for a couple of months while I learnt my <laughs> lesson. I guess being, being a good loser um, is, 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 is important. So did you play through school as as um, yeah, as, as well and up to first fifteen or not or did or did you not get those heady heights? No, I was I was not a good rugby player. Uh, I was I was very very average, but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the camaraderie of the game and teammates. I think the highest standard I got to was South Taranaki under twelves when living in Eltham, and um, and uh, playing senior B for Partia, uh, also in Taranaki. Uh, and then I, I moved to Australia when uh, I was 22 in 1976 and uh, played some subbies rugby over there. So not a good rugby player, which makes me a bit of an outlier in the Tasman uh, office because uh, we've got some, all of, the, all of the guys have played a reasonable standard. Uh, you know, our CEO, Tony Lewis, played for Otago, uh, New Zealand Unis and uh, the Junior All Blacks. Uh, and our community manager, Kahu Marfell, played for the Tasman Marco in the day so uh yeah I'm, a, I'm 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 the oddball out but my passion is just as strong as theirs for the game there's no doubt about that so by the sounds of things you started what start, started up, up in northland um and then moved down to taranaki and then headed over yep. overseas to australia for uh, after uni yeah it did right uh, so my old man worked in the uh power boards of the day the so north auckland electric power board taranaki electric power board um, I didn't go to uni. I ended up going to Australia when I was 22 without uh, without uh, much at all, but ended up doing my tertiary education over there and uh, entered into an advertising agency career, which I which I did for, you know, 30, 35 years. So uh, we've all got different ways of getting to the final destination, and mine didn't include university, but I'm uh, awfully proud that my oldest daughter's doing that right now. So... Um, yeah, it, it was just a different path for me, but basically, oh, twenty-two is kind of the you, you kind of roll out of uni- a lot of people roll out of university then and head head for the for the year overseas, uh, which is what I thought you would uh, what I thought you'd be doing. But so you so you came through an advertising background into into sports administration. Then you, you've, you've, not, yes, been a, you've not been so, a career a career sports person. Yeah, so I'm not a career sports person. But my journey reflects my my life, if you like, in that. Um, I went to went to uh, Australia after my tertiary education. I went to a club in the Northern Beaches called the Newport Breakers, and uh, I played with them uh, for 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 in 1981. And at the end of the year, I was made clubman of the year, which really shocked me because I hadn't done anything at all. Um, but I later found out that they needed a committee member, so uh, <laughs> that was the reason reason for the uh, for the privilege. Uh, and I ended up on the committee for you know ten years, and that was my entree into administration. You know, small things, but helping out with publicity and marketing and you know fundraising, and ended up becoming secretary secretary of the club. In '91, I went to Korea. Uh, the Republic of Korea, and I lived there for five years and got involved with the local expat team there called the Seoul Survivors and 
you know, then I went to Guam and got involved and helped form the Guam Rugby Football Union um, and did all of the marketing around that. Basically, I was there for three years with a job and with an advertising agency, but uh, in, in my part-time helped uh, put together a, a, a program that enabled us to host the South Pacific Games 7s in 1999, which was a huge amount of fun. We ended up building a field, a whole bunch of expats, and then uh, right now, you know, Guam's an accredited test nation um, playing in the Asian uh, TED competition, and uh, the sport is hugely popular amongst local Guamanians. So, um, both male and female, actually, they're, they're, they're very, very good uh, at the game. They enjoy it. Uh, ended up back in South Korea for another 10 years, uh, again, just helping out the sole survivors until I came home. That was July 2010. And in September of that year, I happened to meet Peter Barr, who was the CEO of the Tasman Rugby Union at the time. And he was looking for a new commercial manager but he wanted to, I, th I believe, he wanted to get away from just, you know, someone who would go and try and sell rather than uh, he wanted someone who would build long-term relationships and partnerships. So my skill level in, in, in that, uh, in, you know, through my career uh, enabled me to do that. So when you say home, was that back to uh, back to Northland or was it, or was it actually to, to Tasman? Or did you, uh, home being New Zealand. Home being New Zealand in I, general, I, I, like a... Yeah, funnily enough, I was born in Nelson. I uh, oh. didn't live here very long. Uh, my surname's Edwards, so maybe I'm a relation of Jock Edwards. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, uh, Nelson was where we chose to live as a family, mainly because uh, it's such a beautiful climate here and also because I've got two daughters, so Nelson College for Girls has a very good reputation. So that was the reason for coming here. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, to get interviewed for the job as the commercial and marketing manager, and was successful in my uh, in my application. Uh, and I've been here ever since. Uh, so that's that's quite remarkable. It is, and you've you've run, as you say, you've run events like the uh, was it the the, the, the Oceania Sevens uh, Championships. That gives you experience of of running you know, relatively large uh, events and dealing with. Um, administrators at pretty high levels uh, in in those different countries so i'm guessing that would involve i mean you're talking teams like fiji and new zealand coming and playing in that in that in that tournament so it's um yeah not not new zealand but certainly yeah. fiji and all of the south pacific nations uh it was a magnificent uh, event um and a great team of people who helped put it on but to host the south pacific games we had to go and create a union uh, so the Guam Rugby Football Union came out of a, a, a out of a club, the Guam Rugby Football Club. Now there are there's several clubs on the island, but uh, I think the real advantage for me was the fact that I have been at a high level in the advertising agency world, dealing with clients and uh, you know who, but people, people who have decision making over how they're going to invest their money in their own brands. So. Um, yeah, the same principles apply. We're talking to the owner of a, of a large uh, business to get on board with, with sponsorship. Um, clearly, it helps if the CEO or the owner has a passion for the game. Uh, but what we have, and what we have done, is built a very good financially viable union. Yeah, I mean, Tony was talking about the fact that you got yeah you have cash reserves so that you're going to be able to get through this uh, yeah this this downturn uh, and lack of rugby. Uh, um, for this season at least 
Uh, obviously, multiple seasons. Obviously, you, you, you need you need games and you need goat seats. But but for this season, you're going to be okay. Um, now, one of the things that I've, I've I've talked to other people before, and I've talked to people in in, in the beverage industry who say, look, sponsoring the All Blacks is worth it. Sponsoring pretty much everything beneath that, uh, they see as being a bit more of well, practically charity that they don't get basically the return on their on on their investment. Is uh, how, how much of the sponsorship at provincial level is kind of um, done on the sort of the charity basis? If I just want my my, I just want to, want to support the local province, and how much of it is done actually on a a proper return for the? For the uh, look, I'd say that the great majority of our sponsors are in it because they love their region and they love their their, their football team, their rugby team. Um, and they enjoy the match day experience and the benefits they get out of that association. Um, but at the at the higher end, um, we work very hard with our brand sponsors so that we can leverage uh, their relationship with us to provide value to them. So um, our players and our coaches are very very good when it comes to engaging with sponsors uh, in their in their. Uh, backyard and on their premises um, you know when we do a Q&A with uh, say uh, our major sponsor is uh, MBS the uh, building society Nelson Building Society when we do an, a sponsor engagement with them uh, it works it works for both parties uh, it works for for them to be able to have uh, an evening where they can invite their key customers along and it also works for us because our players are very good at uh, getting a, a message across. There's a, there's a synergy between high performance and business that, uh, you know, the lessons learned uh, are appropriate um, for, for, for both. So uh, for those people who want to leverage their relationship with us at a higher level, those opportunities uh, are available. Now, you mentioned that Nelson uh, Building Society, so clearly that's a local um, uh, a business. I think one of the things that Tony said was that you you've spent a lot of time um, nurturing that local business connection. Has that I mean does that alter how you've um, gone about your marketing strategies? Do you is, is is are you are you hyper local? Are you hyper niche in in that kind of sense and don't look beyond your borders too much? Oh, of course, we'd love to look beyond our borders, and there's and we have, we've tried, we've 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 uh, talked to people who uh, operate at a national level, um, but at the end of the day, they can get greater greater impact for their business by supporting Super Rugby or supporting the All Blacks. What we have found is that it is the local and regional businesses who get the most mileage out of the association with what is, in fact, a provincial rugby team. And, uh, and and that's where that's where the partnership and the relationship is built. So uh, uh, national national companies are, are, are great. We'd love to have them. But you know, on our jersey we have Golden Edge, right? So Golden Edge have been with us regionally for 30 odd years. They'd be the longest standing private company that supported uh, rugby in their region. So. Before us, before the Tasman Marco in 2006, they were with Nelson Bays. So, um, you know, it's it's that longevity that comes about through uh, their attachment and pride in our region and their attachment and pride in our team that makes it work from a, a sponsorship 
and marketing point of view. So um, we have great loyalty from our from from our sponsors. A lot of them have been with us a long, long time. But that is built on uh, on if you like the success of the team. When uh, so let me go back to 2011 when I started. That was on the back of uh, the GFC and the drought and the fall off in revenue that I inherited was remarkable in that first year. And and because the businesses have to look after themselves first, we lost a lot of sponsorship. But over time, with the success of the team and with the success of you know the 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 the, the, the likability of the union and the players and the marketing and whatnot, we've grown a brand that people like to be associated with. So we've been able to provide to the union and the board steady growth while providing really good benefit to the to the to the the companies that support us. So. You know, steady growth leads to some cash reserves being put aside every year, which leads to the position we're at this year where everyone's still employed. And uh, if we cut our cloth accordingly over the next six months, we'll be viable long term. And that's interesting because you're talking about their sponsor that has been associated with rugby in, uh, in Nelson for longer than the Tasman Rugby Union has existed. So how the how have uh, you, you came obviously after the the merger of the of the two unions, but um, one of the problems that Super Rugby teams have had is trying to get that tribalism. Uh, have you noticed? Is, is, has there been any sort of difficulty because you're a merged union that you're not that old in that tribalism, or, or, or have you found you managed to bring both unions together um, pretty well? That was a journey, Paul. Um, you know, when it all started, it was all it was all great. You know, it was it was going to be the a brand new era of uh, of Tasman Rugby, a merger of Marlborough and and Nelson Bay subunions. But you know, if you if you know your history, you know that in two thousand and eight things went a bit pear shaped um, financially. Uh, relationships between the two uh, subunions. And New Zealand Rugby uh, themselves deciding that they wanted to reduce the comp from 14 teams to 10 teams. Um, you know, it, w- it was it was difficult times, but uh, it is not now. Uh, you know, there was there was parochialism when you've got a, a with two very proud entities. You know, the Marlborough Red Devils and the Nelson Bay Griffins. Uh, it, it took some time to, to to merge that, but I'll tell you this now: there is no young kid. Right in our region, who wants to be a Marlborough Red Devil or a Nelson Bay Griffin? They want to be a Tasman Marco. Fins up to that, I say. And uh, the the great majority of parents, uh, no matter what age, uh, you know, have have forgotten all of that. And uh, the success of the union from 2011 to now has given them given them uh, something to hold on to. That is Tasman and the Tasman Marco. So. Uh, yeah, it, it was difficult at times, but we've got through that, and now we're as strong and as passionate as you know the very well 100-year-old unions. Now you, you're talking about that through the kids wanting to play. So is, is when you've put your uh, being being a marketing person, you're into segmenting uh, your audience. Uh, of, uh, is, is will be part of your sort of DNA. But when you kept putting together your engagement strategy with the with the fan base does it start with the kids or where 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 did you start from oh yes uh it starts with the community right so communities are mums and dads with kids who love rugby and uh 
we've we've got a strong uh, community following, of course, at at, at, at grassroots level. Um, the Tasman Rugby Union, its job is really about putting on community rugby in, in one sense and having a very competitive um, MPC team in, in its other capacity. So uh, the community rugby is really important. And that's, uh, if you like, what um, we don't segment fans per se, but what we have done is we have a website for the Tasman Rugby Union and a Facebook page for the Tasman Rugby Union and we have a website for the Tasman Marco and a Facebook page for the Tasman Marco. Now they're linked, but the audiences have separate needs out of the communication. So with the with the community rugby uh, communications, it's all if it's like, if you like, it's like a what's on, what's happening at club level, what's happening at JAB level, what's happening at coaching level. Where can I learn to be a better coach? Right? Where can my kids get registered? It's all of those things, and then you know, as the season progresses, um, you know, rep rugby, and uh, age grade rep rugby. So that that's the following, if you like, for the TRU commercial channels. There's ten thousand people on Facebook following Tasman Rugby Union, getting their information that way, and then you've got the Tasman Marco, which is much more. Uh, it's larger. Uh, it's international. It's local, international. It's um, you know the, the 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 following that we have overseas and in markets outside of uh, Tasman is quite significant. So it's for them, for those people, it's all about the players and the team and the rugby at that level. So if we if we just separate those channels in that way, we've found that that's the way to to uh, to to, to uh, get the engagement we want. So there, there is obviously a link between all communication channels. And we will promote the Tasman Marco on the Tasman Rugby Union channels. But at the end of the day, what people are looking for is information from Tasman Rugby Union on one instance, and then the fan engagement on the other. So you're making, yeah, you're making, making, making it possible for you to get the information they want without having the noise of the other information if they don't want it essentially correct by, so, by, by doing that well done paul that's exactly right um you know if you if you start throwing in club rugby stuff onto the tasman marco facebook page there's a disinterest from many many people you know there's twenty two thousand four hundred followers of the tasman marco and they're not necessarily interested in the the grassroots nitty-gritty they are interested in in in, in this team called the tasman marco and, uh, and and they love it, and the, and they the engagement is huge. So you know, if we look at the right now, the Tasman Rugby Union is focusing its communication around COVID nineteen. You know, keeping people informed on the stages and 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 when possibly rugby will happen. Um, you know, and as soon as it's possible, then we'll be promoting the community rugby aspects, um, games, registrations. Uh, whatever. And then, uh, you know, when the Mitre 10 Cup hits, everyone will be migrating over to that and, and, and getting engaged with Shark Attack Rugby. The, um, now, I, just, I, I, I do like that term, yeah, the, 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 the Shark Attack Rugby. Uh, you, you've, you've got your, your fins up. Um, how much of this is, uh, I don't want to say, it, it comes from, from you guys, and how much do you kind of adopt what the fans are saying and go, hey, that's a cool thing, we'll, we'll latch on to that? Um, because the fans are doing it. 
Yeah, well, uh, so everything comes from <laughs> everything comes from the fans, really. Uh, you know, but the fins up. It, it actually started with one of the players, Andrew Goodman, throwing one up in a match uh, back in about two thousand and nine. You know, prior to that, there was uh, there were different celebrations after a try, but ba- basically we galvanised around that, and then you know. Uh, uh, yeah, Fins Up has just become a huge part of our brand. We have fin, up, fin hats that the kids buy for, at very affordable prices. Uh, we've got a hashtag uh, which we've registered with twubs.com. So, you know, it, 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 and it's got a Z in it because Fins Up with an S belongs to the Miami Dolphins. Um, so, you know, we've just done small things to, 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 to build the brand. And uh, yeah, those those small things build up to a big brand identity, um, and and the biggest piece, of course, is how we play the game. Um, you know, we've been lucky. We've had we've had coaches uh, who've always believed in 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 passing the ball. Now, a coach wouldn't like me using the word shark attack rugby because it suggests that we're not interested in defence, which isn't the case at all. You know, we won a we won a premiership on the back of rock solid defence. Um, but it does sum up the way the guys play the game. They really like having a crack, and they don't mind doing that from deep, deep in their own uh, 22. And yeah, and and the fans just love it. You know, the the, the the fans really get on board with the way we play the game. No, absolutely. And look, having little catchphrases like that also, pardon me, um, helps with the whole social media pieces. Yeah, you can do yeah, yes. hashtag shark attack and all that kind of. That, that kind of piece and, and people can get behind it and, and and can enjoy it and you can say hey who can come up with the best best shark attack gif um, and all of these little bits where you can get um, community uh, content produced which you can then leverage and stuff so yeah no, it's uh, it, it's not it's a very good thing I mean, it's the but you're the first um, province that I've talked to that I think is starting to properly le- leverage that I mean we'd have a bit of Mulu in Hamilton where I am um they, they obviously they talk about Tanifar um, up up in the far north, but most of them haven't. Most of the, the, the unions haven't yet got a, a hashtag in that um, or as active a hashtag as, as, as that. How much do you um, chat with your other sort of branding man, uh, managers around the other unions to to sort of uh, share best practice between you? Uh, regularly, so. Um Annually, we get together. Uh, thank you, New Zealand Rugby, for that. Uh, we get together in Wellington and we, we share uh, ideas at a high level uh, that the New Zealand Rugby Union want to look at the Mitre 10 Cup at. Uh, and then, obviously, we uh, we share ideas and best practices. So that's constant. Right now, in COVID-19, we are talking weekly on uh, Zoom meetings and, and sharing ideas and and coming up with ways that we can fill the communication void while uh, there's no club rugby and there's no uh, there's no rugby at all. So uh, we're working very hard. You know, the, the the individual unions do a very good job. I'll have to say that um, they 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 all know their market. And so although ours might um, you know I, I might express it so that uh, we are. Um, more exciting than anything else. We're not really. We're excited. We're exciting to Tasman Margo fans, and what what Southland are doing with Southland Stag fans is exciting for them. So, um, I, you know, it, it's just that everyone's got their own uh, brand ID, if you like, their own DNA, and and we capitalise on that. 
Now, you, you've mentioned Facebook pages there. Um, now, Facebook is, get, gets, has, has had its, uh, some issues recently of the, of the privacy stuff, but also having a bit of an image of being uh, kind of where your mum and dad is, or well, here I am being, being a dad, um, rather than the younger, younger generation. Uh, is is Facebook still the, 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 the still still the, the 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 place to be, or have you looked at things like um, your? Uh, well, I mean, it was, what was Snapchat a couple of years ago? We're talking. It's um, everyone's talking about TikTok nowadays. Uh, at the moment, do, have you do, do you look at those yes. laws, or is it, or is it yeah, still? Yeah, we're multi-channel. Definitely multi-channel. The uh, but you know the, the the largest engagement piece by far is Facebook, but Instagram's hugely important. Um, and you know, as you know, Instagram is very visual, uh, and and uh, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a picture medium if you like. But uh, we still we post uh, what we're po- putting on Facebook. Uh, we, we'll we'll share that to Instagram, but we'll come at it from a slightly different angle, um, communication-wise. We've got Twitter. Um, you know, Twitter is t- an interesting medium because it's more of a conversation. But uh, I'm lucky in that I've got a, a, a fellow uh, who is a fan, actually, who runs my Twitter page for me. And he does a magnificent job. Uh, Paul Moello, fins up to you. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, all about, um, it's all about just adapting yourself. You know, Snapchat was important about two or three years ago, but it's, it's died off. I know it's still very important to young people, but it's just not a viable communication medium for us. And uh, TikTok, well... We, we, you know, you'll see that, that most, a lot of brands are leveraging TikTok into their communications and, and we're no different. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a multi-channeled approach, uh, but still, Facebook's very, very powerful in this country. The, um, now, you've, obviously, we, we, you, you, you have your commercial hat, which is where, where you've, you've been brought into working with, with your sponsors. Um, now we're talking about the marketing side of, uh, and we're talking multi-channels there. You've got some help on Twitter. Um, but how many other kind of hats do you do you kind of wear uh, within 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 the union? Oh, yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. I am the commercial and marketing Tasman. I've got a colleague in in uh, Blenheim. Um, he, we employed him this year. He's he's uh, an, uh, he's a he's a guy that's been around in rugby for a long time. Uh, got a lot of mana over in Marlborough, so uh, it's it's a damn shame that COVID's come along while he's just uh, starting, but. He, he's uh, he's important to me, but basically that's it. You know, um, we're a very lean organisation at Tasman. Uh, we all do a lot of work, um, and uh, we all do it with 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 passion and pride. Um, we don't have I don't have, for example, a media person or a publicity person or or whatnot. It, it sits with me, and uh, somehow in the course of a, a day and a week and a month and a year, we get it all done. So when you say commercials, that also include merchandise as well, as in and all the sales yes. and that kind of things as, as, as well? Okay. Yeah, well, we're lucky there. We've, we've got a terrific partner, uh, Dynasty Apparel. Um, they, they've got an online sales channel. Um, we've also got, you know, a local business, Mitchell Sports, who will come to our home games and sell uh, merchandise there. So I don't stock gear in the office because I'm not good at doing that and we're not professional at selling apparel somehow we'll all just walk out the door because we're very generous so uh, now I leave the selling of merchandise to uh, those people who know how to do it um, and we just concentrate on so my my role is really about uh, sponsorship dollars and new and existing and those relationships 
uh, and, and uh, memberships. Uh, so we have a, a very good group of SMEs who support us called our Marco 500 Club. Um, it's a very affordable uh, membership that comes with some terrific benefits. And we've got 200 of those, so there's, uh, there's some really good money that comes out of a bunch of people who want an affordable association with the team. We've got season ticket holders. Uh, we're not as strong in season tickets as some other unions. Um, it's probably a legacy of our age as a union, you know, 15 years old this year. Um, whereas, you know, there are other unions that have Hawks Bay, Taranaki, they have uh, very large season ticket holders. But we're, we're building on that, um, and uh, we, we, we try and support them uh, with a, a good deal. Um, and so that's our, those are our levels. So I'm, I'm really busy with the commercial side of things, the sponsorship side of things, uh, match day marketing, and uh, looking after uh, the, the, the fan engagement at the grounds, making sure we've got uh, a very good, robust, little affordable ticketing system, which we do have. Um, very, uh, I'll call it low tech. It's, it's an online ticketing system um, run by a firm called Dash Tickets. Um, and that, that's been great for us because that's really, really uh, uh, made sure that we, we get full margin out of our ticket sales. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, that's how we've built the business. Now, but also, okay, so the, the, the key thing here for me is what you've done is you say, right, our, our, my, our strength is the relationships with, the, with, with, with people um, and how to structure those things. As far as delivery of some of the things like delivery of jerseys, we've got a partner on board. Delivery of the tickets, we don't need to be an expert in, uh, in having, a, an, an, an e, or having an e-store, e for example. We can use these, these three different people who, who can help um, with those uh, kind of pieces, which is yeah, which is a strength, which is way the, the way to go, definitely. Um, now, it sounds like you're ab ab about the apparel as well. Why oh why every year do we get a jersey clash where it's very difficult on TV to tell the difference between Canterbury and and, and Tasman when they're playing a game? Yeah, well, it comes down to a, <laughs> comes down to cost, you know. Uh, Can someone please have a second jersey? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got to stop winning, so we'd give them away. Because if we kept, if we kept the jerseys from last year, we'd be able to buy a blue set for this year. But um, I, I, I jest. It comes down to affordability. We we really can afford to uh, have a set of jerseys that we play in for the year, and then you know the players will end up uh, having them at the end of the season. We, we our colours are red um, with blue trim. Um, Canterbury's colours are red with black hoops. Um, you know, the biggest clash might be um, that game. Uh, also, there can, but in the main, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think there's too much of a problem with the NPC unions and their clashes of jerseys. We did play in a blue set one year um, when we did have a home and away set, but it's just coming. It comes down to trimming your budget so you can operate and. And uh, make a little bit of money and put some away for a rainy day, Paul. I, I yes, I get that. But the it is it is. I'll be honest. That that, that is one of the hard ones. The other one is um, uh, depending on what North how North Harbour's kit is, they can clash pretty 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 badly with um, with Hawks Bay. Uh, you've also got um, the obviously I'm wearing a, a Taranaki jersey at the moment, but that can clash with a. Um, with the Waikato jersey, when they've got twin, or, or a or a um, 
Uh, I've got Black uh, Counties jersey. This, this, they, yeah, there, there are a number of clashes. Unfortunately, it'd be, be nice if there was like a generic white jersey as as a as an alternate. But anyway, that's just a, a little pet peeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, that up with New Zealand rugby. <laughs> I'll probably be able to put a floating kit of white jerseys around for when there is a clash. When there is a clash. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, the so the other kind of piece. You, you obviously you talked about match day. Um, engagement as well but you've also got your festivals your, 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 your sevens festivals your, your age grade um, school tournaments etc um the is how do you guys uh, engage with the or, or what do you put around those sort of events to engage with the family oh, well? yeah we, we, we've got a very strong uh, again lean but but talented community rugby team that uh, manage all of those events for us and do a great job um, clearly, the, the communications around the events and what's on and, 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 and how to participate is all communicated through the channels that I've mentioned. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down, a lot of it is, is uh, personal communication between our community team and the clubs and the schools. Um, they too have to have a relationship and a partnership, and they do have that. And uh, that's, how, that, that's basically how we tie that together. We're always, always dependent on um, our partners in clubland to assist us in doing these things. And, and we're lucky, like uh, every other province, we've probably got those volunteers who are available to help us put these programs on. But it is essentially managed by uh, Kahu Marfell um, and Mark Cochran, uh, who, who, who manage our community team. And obviously, you do commercial relationships with your uh, with, with with Tasman. Do you help out the clubs with with their sponsorship and their their relationships, or, or do they uh, is that their own? Uh, yeah, their no. Own pieces? Yeah, it, it's no. I, we leave that to, to the clubs to manage that themselves, and they're very good at it, you know, because that that's where they tap into their very localised support that they uh, get from their old boys network and mums and dads. Who are in business who uh, who support that particular club? So no, we we don't get involved there. Um, but certainly there's a crossover. Uh, there are some people who sponsor both clubs and the Marco. Um, but in the main, that's their job. How I support them is I go to rugby. I'm a, I'm a rugby fan, so I'll, I'll you'll see me in the clubhouse afterwards at a home game. <laughs> <laughs> And also, perhaps taking a couple of photos while you're there for the uh, for, for the Facebook page as well. Um, yes, absolutely. The uh, and the other thing you've had recently, which uh, was was a coup, was getting the All Blacks versus um, Argentina uh, game um, recently. How much work went into, and how much planning went into into getting that, and, uh, and I guess the whole week around that as, as well, because it was a week long event, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it, it was a week-long event, but it started a year out. So, well, first of all, hats off to uh, the vision of our CEO, Tony Lewis, who, uh, who decided to be brave and, and, and try and bring a test match to Nelson, um, but not just any test match. It had to be an all-black test match. And so uh, he and uh, some other supporters of ours put a plan together to, in fact, pitch uh, New Zealand rugby to bring a game to the province. Um, we learned that we had the match about uh, 14 months prior to the match date uh, and a year out we were we were leveraging that locally to sell 
the stadium out. So it was a pop-up stadium of 21,400 people, and of which only 1,000 of the seats were covered. So if you think about it, and it was all seated, 21,400. So 20,400 seats uh, that were, were erected for the sole purpose of bringing the All Blacks to town. The benefits to the community were enormous, uh, just an absolute payback for uh, all of those involved. But um, basically what I did was I was able to pre-sell 50% of those 21,400 seats by marketing directly with our uh, sponsors and our members and, our, and, and selling All Blacks Plus Marco season tickets. So prior to going on public sale, it was 50% sold. And that is testament to how passionate the businesses involved with the Marco are about rugby generally. And, and we didn't put an obstacle in their way. We didn't say you can only sell amongst your own business. If they could go and find uh, other companies who wanted to pre-buy, then we were more than delighted because it got them engaged with the Tasman Marco as well. Um, in terms of the the remainder of the 50 um, 50 percent, that was that was great. You know the, the response to the general public who didn't want to be involved with uh, the Marco or, or or whatnot, that was great. It came down to the last two thousand seats, and I'm sure this happens in, in with every test match. You know you're basically all but sold out, but there's ten percent to go. We, where we got lucky there was we live in Nelson and the weather forecast was glorious for test night. Um, and also, the All Blacks arrived a week out. Now, if anyone ever wants to underestimate the power of the All Blacks and their engagement with people and how much people love them, just invite them to your town because it was their presence for a week that, you know, we were sold out in, in uh, halfway through the week. Um, we were able to announce full house on on Thursday prior to the game and that was because of sunshine uh, sunshine and the All Blacks and they were magnificent in our town they uh, they were staying at a hotel and, and at first they had a bus and the bus trip was 10-15 minutes so they ditched the bus and they would just walk through town and I'd have to say that they, they probably signed every autograph and every selfie that uh, was asked of them but the public themselves were really quite cool. They, you know, they, they knew the difference between when to ask for a selfie or, or an autograph when the players were walking. But if they were at a restaurant or having a coffee, they were pretty much left alone. Um, but, yeah, the All Blacks is a very powerful brand, Paul. And, uh, and that night, that night was just magical. Uh, it was cold. It was cold, but the day the day of the game, there was thousands of people up the streets of Nelson enjoying food and beverages and music, and and then they came down. Our biggest worry was that with a pop-up stadium, with only three entry points, um, that we might not get everyone in. So the last piece of communication was really about getting in on time, allowing extra time to get in, to be seated in time for the. Uh, for the, huck, the anthems and the haka. And it was fabulous because when those two things happened, there was hardly an empty seat. So, you know, people just had the time of their lives. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was marvellous. It helped, it helped us regionally and it helped the union too. Hey, Scarcity is obviously a great selling tool as well, but um, the, but yeah, it's the, say getting the weather obviously helps. If you, if even if it's a cold night, you can put extra layers on 
but if you're wet, it's it's, it's it becomes a lot a lot less fun. Um, I've been a, I was a member in for, for Auckland for for three years, and yeah, the wet if, if it was raining heavily, then it'd be yeah, inside into the into the members' lounge because yeah, it's just not fun sitting in the rain. But so the weather obviously helps, but also yeah, you say the the, the work by the All Blacks. They don't uh, always get a good, uh, uh, good, good, good press sometimes with how they interact. But the it sounds like down there they they really got into the into the they got a they got there early, which is very good as you say, um, and and mixed well well with the community down there. So that's that, that's great news. Um, I will say that that's because Nelson's not a big big city. It's 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 an intimate place, and um, there was no no the All Blacks couldn't avoid the public, and the public couldn't avoid the All Blacks. Whereas you could walk around Auckland as an All Black, probably or Wellington, and uh, some people wouldn't even know who you are. But certainly, um, I, I've got no bad words to talk about the the All Blacks uh, team culture and the way they in, interact with their fans, second to none. Um, I think what you're saying about wet weather was why it was so important that we pre-sold uh, the match because, yeah, if you if you still had 5,000 seats available and it's a rainy night, it'd be very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And there is there is definitely an element of that uh, Kiwis uh, do love their sofa um, when watching rugby um, or when watching sport full stop. Um, yeah, true. The as, as, as well. Did you manage to get up a big the, the, the big screens and all that sort of piece as well? Was that all pop up? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the the monster screen was in. Uh, New Zealand Rugby did a fine job with the with the pre-match, and and you know we assisted them in the in the selection of the of the anthem singers. And uh, look, it, it, it was it was remarkable. But yes, it was it was everything had to be brought in. Um, and uh, you know, it's a it's a really it's a it's a little suburban ground. <laughs> For want of a better term, um, you know, it, it, there's uh, what a thousand covered seats and uh, five thousand uh, temporary seats normally uncovered, uh, and then a big embankment. Well, they, you know, the embankment was covered with a massive stand. The city end with it was just a, and it was so intimate. It was so intimate that you know, a rectangle stadium to watch rugby is so cool. Oh, couldn't agree more. Um, absolutely, I'm, I'm uh, a, a big fan of purpose-built stadiums, not of for specific sport, not of generalist stadiums where it's too small for cricket and you're too far away for rugby. They just, to me, that just doesn't doesn't work um, work so well. But that's a that, that's a personal thing. Um, it has been an absolute joy. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else I've, I've kind of missed about the Tasman Marcos that you should uh, that, that you want to let me know about. But um, well, I do. I just want to talk about if you like. Um, we're, we're success and, and where it comes from and um, you know because we, we were in 2011 we did come 14th in the comp we did come last and then you know uh, 2012 was a, a year that we made the championship semis on a team that was fairly local but with some good acquisitions from out of town I remember a winger called Peter Beetham came along and and uh, he, he uh, really inspired uh, our fans with his play. Then 2013, you know, we had uh, Billy Guyton and Marty Banks join the team. Uh, we had uh, two good props from Auckland, Sila Puafisi and uh, uh, Siwa Halanukanuka. Uh, they joined the team and that team won the championship. Then in 2014, we made the final of the, of the premiership. You know, how does that happen? We lost to Taranaki, which is a shame, but great for Taranaki too. That was their first one. Um, 
But how does it happen? And it comes down to leadership. You know, so Tony Lewis is a CEO and the board. Um, the adoption of a pretty decent vision, uh, which I, I really enjoy, which is to be a top four provincial union in New Zealand by any criteria, gives us something to really strive at because it's an attitude. It's an attitude that everyone in the staff has to embrace to do things, you know, smarter, leaner. Um, it, it is. It, it's, it's just a fabulous attitude that has been instilled into our team. So uh, success comes on knowing where you want to be. Um, it also comes with having a, 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 you know, a leadership team that wants to have success at all levels, a board that recognises that. So um, I'm proud to be a part of the Tasman Rugby Union. I'm proud that on the field, we are a top four provincial union. It, uh, it makes my job a lot easier when it comes to sponsorship and membership and you know, selling, selling uh, tickets. Uh, but I'm also grateful very much to uh, the, the terrific work done at the grassroots level. So um, that's, that, that, that's my final comment. It's, it's always, it, success is always a team effort. And uh, there's one thing you can say about the Tasman Rugby Union. It's got a great team on and off the field. Absolutely. It's a wonderful chat with yourself and, and, and also with, with Tony Lewis. Uh, and one of the things I've also been talking to other um, provincial uh, CEOs, it's, what I found is interesting is that there's more than one way to skin a cat. You say um, Tony and has, some, has the top four in each, in each category. When I talked to Mike Rogers from, um, uh, from um, Bay of Plenty, he's... Uh, his his mantra is about give, is is about opportunities for players um, on, on on different pathways. Whether that's through club, through my ten cup, or for the women's side. And then when you talk to Cameron Bell, who's to be fair, he's only, he's very new up in um, up in Northland. Yeah, he's talk his his mantra is about community. Uh, and you, you're all trying to achieve the same sort of things. And it's just interesting how the slightly different culturally each province um, approaches approaches it. There's no right and wrong it's just different uh, different approaches different uh, different places as you, as you mentioned earlier in the way that they communicate as well um so do folks if you're watching do please go back and watch those other interviews they are um great as well um thank you so much for your time um les uh, and uh, yeah good luck with uh, getting the the uh, the, the season up and running uh, first off with the community the, with the clubs and the kids um really looking forward to it uh, and then when my tank up comes along, um, I'll look forward to hopefully seeing you uh, in one of your away games when you're up in, in the top half of the North Island, um, which is where I go. So thank you very much for your time. And everybody... Well, thank you. Um, thank you and fins up, Paul. Fins up. Everyone, uh, if you want to know about Tasman Rugby, um, obviously the Tasman Facebook page, uh, or sorry, the Marcos Facebook page is the place for the my tank up. And if you want to know what's going on at the community level, uh, Tasman Rugby facebook page is the place to go i'll put links to both of those down below uh, and if you're listening to the podcast then you'll be able to see that in the show notes um, as well don't forget to like the page or uh, subscribe to the channel whether you're listening on facebook youtube or twitter thank you so much and uh, catch you all next time a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 